You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. As always, subscribe and download wherever you get your podcast. We keep you updated on all things Colts football three times a week as now we are in season. So, George, we gave you the record for this season for the Colts. I'm saying 11-6. and six, You're going 12-5. and five. How about now, in order to get there, right, which players will the Colts have to rely on? Who will kind of step up and be the guy on, offensive, on the offensive end of the ball and the defensive end of the ball as well? Offensive MVP. Who will get that award, in your opinion, this year? I think Matt Ryan. I mean, it all starts with him. He's kind of the obvious choice here, but it all starts with him. I mean, all of the conversation in the offseason was about the quarterback, right? Is Carson Wentz coming back? Is he not? Once he's gone, what are they going to do at this position? How are they going to fill this hole? You end up with, I don't think, a situation anyone foresaw coming uh, where, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation kind of popped open Matt Ryan with Atlanta and, and, and Atlanta guy who honestly wasn't on their radar because I think he was somebody they thought was out of reach. And now he's got to come in here and he's got to raise the level of this offense. And like we talked about before, it's, it is a big task, but I don't know if it's as big as, as it might appear from the outside. They were 26th last year in passing offense, 26th, and they still should have made the playoffs. And if you beat the worst team in the league on the last game of the regular season, you're still a postseason team with a 26th ranked passing offense. If you can just improve the middle of the pack, if you can just be somewhere between like 12 and 15, it would it would really lift this theme up. It would open so much more for Jonathan Taylor. You know, I, I don't think it's a big ask on, on Matt Ryan's part. I don't think he has to be Superman. He just has to come in here and keep things rolling efficiently. I think that's the biggest key on offense is efficiency. You know, moving the chains, not getting into those situations where it's second and 12 and third and 17 and all this nonsense that you saw a year ago because things just – came unglued, you know, and, and now all of a sudden you're punting on eight straight possessions and you're in all kinds of trouble. I think with him, it's accuracy, right? I mean, that's the number one thing, timing and accuracy with him. But that accuracy, I think, is going to open up some run after catch plays for the for the receivers. That's how the offense is going to change. If he's able to do those things, you're going to look back at the end of the year and say, Matt Ryan was the most important player on this offense. It is amazing to see, George, you look back at last year, some of the stats of where they rank statistically. Ninth in points per game in the NFL, 26.5 points. 13th in, in DVOA in terms of offensive efficiency. And it's to your point, it's they were 26th in passing. So that just shows you how much Jonathan Taylor carried this team and, and made up for it when Carson Wentz struggled. For my offensive MVP, I like where you are. I'm going to kind of go down that similar, a similar path. I'm going to go Michael Pittman Jr., because, you, like you said, Matt Ryan, all, I think already addition by subtraction in terms of getting rid of Carson Wentz and now bringing Matt Ryan in, his strengths are over the middle of the field and, like you mentioned, 
the E word, efficiency. And now a, a large part of the Colts season last year really were games were won and lost. We talk about what? In the fourth quarter, closing out games. Well, part of that has to do with converting third downs and keeping you know the drive alive. That was an area where Carson Wentz really, really struggled last year. When you bring Matt Ryan in, you know he's not going to exactly light the you know light the world on fire in terms of throwing the ball deep and you know kill you with like Patrick Holmes does with three or four or five deep shots a game, right? He is efficiency finding the guy. I think Michael Pittman Jr. When you have this inexperienced wide receiver and tight end room with really no one. No one having the role before that they're going to be asked to do this year. Right? Alec Cox has never been a number one tight end, especially in the past game. Alec Pierce's rookie, Paris Campbell's never really been on the field. Ashton Doolin was more of a special teamer than a reliable wide receiver. So this year going into when you have the tight ends and the running back uh, receivers, and even Naeem Hines in a sense where I think his workload from the receiver aspect is going to be even more uh, on his plate than in years past. You are now asking almost everyone outside of Jonathan Taylor to do more than they've ever been asked before. So that's where it comes down to Michael Pittman Jr. kind of stepping up and being that reliable target for Matt Ryan. Because in twofold, number one, they'll help convert those third downs. He's a big physical wide receiver. You need, you know, a third and six, you run a slant. I feel pretty good about Michael Pittman Jr. winning that one-on-one, making the catch. We've seen in the preseason a little bit Colts receivers kind of struggling off the press. They're going to face that a lot this year. That's a guy that, you know, you want winning those battles and kind of pushing the defense back. But also, too, you got to think, George, and Michael Pittman Jr. is the main target. And he's going off and, you know, can have over, you know, 100 catches, maybe 12, 1,300 receiving yards. But that's going to also open up looks for everyone else. You know, that's going to now take the defense's focus, put him on him. And now all of a sudden, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, Mo L.A. Cox, Kyle Granson, Jelani Woods, Naeem Hines, all should get you know, better looks, better matchups that they should be able to take advantage of. So I love the Matt Ryan offensive pick because you're right. For how good Jonathan Taylor was, no disrespect to him in terms of neither of us picking him to be the MVP. We saw last year, best running back in the NFL, number one in rushing. The Colts had the second best rushing attack in all the NFL last year, still missed the playoffs. So it's like for how great Jonathan Taylor was, you need that passing game to step up and be better, which is why I'm with you. I'm going in the passing game direction. I'll go Michael Pittman Jr., but I love your pick with Matt Ryan because they're going to need really both this year to have really good years, and that's going to kind of be the difference between sitting at home in January or hosting a playoff game. And I think you doubt it with Pittman because it's so important that he is you know, who they expect him to be because no one else has done anything close to the role that, that, that they're looking at right now. He maybe wasn't the number one guy at the beginning of the year last year, but he definitely was as the year went on and, and early in the season. I mean, you know, T.Y. Hilton had that neck injury and he kind of got thrown in. Pittman kind of got thrown into that role faster than they expected. And he responded really well. They need if he has a bad year, this offense is in trouble. I mean, I think oh, from yeah. that standpoint, absolutely is the case. I totally agree. I'm just curious behind Pittman, who needs to have a better year for the Colts, Paris Campbell or Alec Pierce? <sighs> I almost want to say Paris Campbell. I think Alec Pierce is a rookie, and you're going to get what you get from a rookie. He's going to have ups and downs. I mean, that that's what life is like, right? Unless you're Jamar Chase, you you come in and as a rookie receiver and you learn the game. And I, I think not that he's not going to be impactful. I think he's gonna he's got a role, and I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders, and he's going to be a, a solid player for this team. But I feel like Paris Campbell is the guy that if, if you could get the guy they envision, the guy that they've seen flashes of a game here, a game there. If you could get him for 15 games this year, it really changes everything about your offense. And I'm with you because of also what he brings, right? Not that Alec Pearson is that he's pretty similar, I'll say, to Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of the the role he's going to play and kind of the routes he's going to run. But you look at Paris Campbell, he is supposed to be the speedster, right? He is the when you talk about the guy, you know, Frank Reich envisioned when he was pounding the table a few years ago to get him in the draft out of Ohio State. 
he is that kind of guy that could take an underneath screen and, and break a tackle and go 60 yards and just run by everyone. Or is the kind of guy that, you know, in the slot can line up and just go deep and Matt Ryan can hit him on, on, on a deep ball and open, you know, to the top of the defense. He provides an element this offense really doesn't have and really hasn't seen for the most part. Ashton Doolin here and there was able to top take the top off, but not a consistent basis. If you have, like you said, Paris came out there for 15 games and he's able to bring that deep threat dimension, just the threat even alone. I think that's enough for Matt Ryan to kind of pick some other, you know, targets and kind of pick apart a defense. That will be huge to this Colts office, kind of take some pressure off. And again, make it easier to convert, make it easier to keep the drives going and just ground up, you know, grind up clock. And that's what they're going to be kind of a, I'll say a, a plotting offense per se, but they're not going to be an explosive four play 75 yard, you know, drive for a touchdown team that often. It's going to be more mm-hmm. eight plays, 10 plays, 12 plays, you know, and, that, you know, that deep threat of Paris Campbell can open up, you know, other holes and either maybe turn a drive around quickly or, again, open up, you know, seams for others to take advantage. So I'm with you there. Paris Campbell, in terms of importance in that number two receiver role, definitely has to make a, a little bit more of an impact than Alec Pierce for sure. How about on the other side of the ball, George? Defensively, new additions to fun. Gilmore, Yannick Ngakwe, Shaquille Leonard, seemingly last week was saying that he's the, you know, he should feel the healthiest this year than he's ever been, which is a scary thought. A lot of good options here for defensive MVP. Who is your pick? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to go with Yannick Ngakwe. I think we've talked about that before a little bit. Uh, I just think it all comes down to the pass rush. I I think a lot of the rest of this defense, I don't have a lot of questions about. You look at that back seven. Uh, they're, they're pretty solid. You know, linebackers look really good. There's good depth there. They're, they're going to fly to the ball and make tackles. You know that Leonard's going to be out there knocking the ball loose, forcing turnovers. I think the secondary might be the best since maybe the Peyton era. I mean, I, I, it's, it's really a good look on paper with, with Gilmore obviously being that, that lockdown guy they haven't had in a long time. It's certainly Vontae Davis is the last guy anywhere close to that uh, in this building. And then, I think the young guys in that secondary are very exciting. Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, I think have chances to have big years. I think Isaiah Rogers senior is a guy who is going to look good. You know, he's not going to maybe be out there all the time, but I think he's going to really maximize like he did a year ago. He's going to maximize the opportunities he gets. The question is last year, that pass rush undid the defense, you know, to, to the extent that they had these comebacks and the problems that they had, they almost always centered around, letting a quarterback get too comfortable and get into a rhythm and pick them apart. And to me, Ngakwe is the guy that that can change that. If he's, if he's the consistent player he's been throughout his career in the NFL, you know, you're talking about they, they had Justin Houston for one year who was kind of a double-digit sack guy. I think you got to go after that. You might have to go back to like, I'm not even sure, Eric Waldron maybe. I mean, it, it's oh, been yeah. a really, really long time Sheesh. since you've had that double-digit sack guy uh, who can come out there and, and and make that difference. And I think that's that's why they brought Ngakwe in here. That's what he, you know, he's great in the community. What he's done in terms of the schools and 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 food services and everything else has been incredible. You can't measure that. The reason he's here from a football standpoint 
is to to make this pass rush something the other team has to worry about. And hopefully he opens up Quiddy Bay and the two of them give, you know, some room for for DeForest Buckner and you can get to quarterbacks. I, I feel like that's that's been the Achilles heel for this team for the last four years at least. And Ngakwe is the key to changing that. I love that. I'm sticking kind of the same thing because you're right. This Colts defense and the successor like thereof is going to come down to this front fork, especially like I said, we've talked about before the back seven linebackers and secondary two of the positions I feel, you know, the most sure of, uh, I would argue going into the season. Cause like you said, there's so much talent there. They played really well. Linebacker secondary, good mix of, you know, young guys plus experienced veterans. So in that, with that in mind, I'm going to go to Forrest Buckner. Because kind of for a similar reason, like you said, the Colts have to get a pass rush this year. And Gakwe is going to help on the outside for sure. But with with DeForest, he does two things. Number one, we've seen in the preseason that the Colts have struggled in the run game so far. That's an area where if teams are able to establish the run and now there's balance on the opposing offense, it's going to be tough to slow down. That's going to take, you know, responsibilities and attention away from Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard, excuse me and make it tougher on the secondary if you don't know, you know, what, which play is coming at you. So the Colts have to stop their own, which is going to be a huge part in the interior with DeForest Buckner there. But also, too, we have seen with the great quarterbacks the Colts are playing this year, you know, Russell Wilson, you have Justin Herbert, you're going to go against Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill's mobile, and his mobility more has kind of hurt the Colts' legs more than even just his arm in the past few years when it's not Derrick Henry. To keep these guys in the pocket, slow them down. When you got Dak Prescott's another guy that can make plays outside the pocket. I know Tom Brady is not as mobile as any of these other guys I mentioned. But we've seen with Tom Brady, the biggest bugaboo for him is that pressure up the middle. It's tough. You know, it kind of gets your face. It's uncomfortable. If DeForest Buckner, along with Grover Stewart, are, are able to consistently kind of cause pressure um, up the middle, you can have Ngakwe, you can have Quiddy Pay kind of closing in. All of a sudden, there's nowhere to go. That pocket just collapses, and the time you think you have is all of a sudden gone. That's going to be a huge key for the Colts to not only slow down the run that's been, you know, kind of killing them so far in the preseason, but get that interior pressure that makes a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of mobile quarterbacks, you know, uncomfortable because now there's there's no kind of out, out of the pocket like you can get maybe if you duck under a defensive end. So I'm going to go to Forrest Buckner, but I'm with you in terms of when you look at this Colts defense, their success or lack thereof is going to come down to those front four. Can you generate pressure and can you stop the run? And I think that that run defense is going to get tested right away. I mean, you look at oh, Houston, yeah. they're going to try to establish that. And Pep Hamilton's history, he wants to be physical up front. You know, he wants to establish that run game. They're not going to put this game on, in Davis Mills' hands. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to attack what's a perceived weakness of this defense. And I think Buckner and Stewart are going to be big right from the word go on Sunday. Titans twice in the first seven weeks. The Broncos are a team that likes to establish run, have good balance on offense. Like you said, that those first seven games is going to be key in part because we'll see right away, like you said, that Colts run defense, can they stand the test or is this going to be a liability all season long for sure? All right, when we return on the Blue Horseshoe podcast, we've talked about the Colts record. We've talked about you know who needs to play well on offensive defense. But now as you start to get ready for the 2022 season, where do the Colts stand in division? And where do the Colts stand in a loaded AFC? Are they the top four team in the AFC? Top six team? There are some interesting thoughts out there that I want to, we'll, we'll give you when we do return to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. <laughs> 